Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks, and take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City. Welcome in to another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. And of course, below us, we have your boy, my boy, everybody's boy. He is AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful August 18th morning here in the city. Episode 69 is about to kick off with the Giants. Yeah, I I thought that could have went either way. You could have been either laughing at the fact that we're previewing (laughs) the Titans and Giants today or the fact that it is episode 69. Nice. Um, That is what we have going on on today's show, though. We have morning headlines. We have our injury report. We are also previewing a thrilling matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks in week two of preseason. Gentlemen, how goes it? AJ. Yes, Thursday. That means we're so close to the weekend. I can taste the air of the weekend. It's not going to matter. I'm working this weekend. Uh, But I will also be watching lots and lots and lots of football. And that's what it's about. We've been waiting for these these days leading up to week one since February 10th. And it's so close. It's palpable. Taste it. Taste the air. I'm happy. When football Uh is on TV, I'm happy. So, we're good. We're going. Even with the Bears and the Seahawks, two teams that we think, well, at least at one point in time, thought we were going to be the worst teams in football. And now we think, like, one of them will still be the worst team. The other one might be showing some scary potential. Scary is a hard word, but you get where I'm getting at with it. I'm still excited. Still very excited for even this preseason matchup in the beginning of preseason week two. So it's going to be a good day. going to be a good it's day, still, fellas. It's still in that sweet spot of the, of the preseason and just getting back from the offseason where we're like, we missed football so much to where we're willing to take anything, <laughs> even the Seattle Seahawks versus the Chicago Bears. But there is news heading into that game, and let's uh, let's let's preview it right now. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Chicago Bears. Drew Locke has tested positive for COVID and will miss tonight's game. Geno Smith will get the start. How big is that? How big is this? in the development of who becomes the starting quarterback week one for the Seattle Seahawks, Aaron. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a lot bigger for Geno Smith than it is for Drew Locke, if that's saying anything. Um, I, I think this is Geno's opportunity. I think we talked about the plan for the Seattle Seahawks all along was to let Geno go first, have his opportunity, let Drew Locke go second, and here was Drew Locke's opportunity. But obviously he's wiped out by COVID. I think they give him that chance. Maybe it's week three, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just whether Geno Smith plays well enough or doesn't play well enough to allow Drew Locke to be that starter week one. So I think this is now Geno's opportunity to take control of that quarterback's room by going out and having another good performance like he did last week. We talked about the numbers him and Locke put up last week, both good, but maybe Locke got the better of him because he threw the two touchdowns. Well, Geno now is probably going to play the majority of this game and have an opportunity to kind of separate um, himself from Drew Locke. So I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what Geno can do with the opportunity. I expect him to play well. It's a Bears defense. It's not really good, whether it's first string, second string, or any other string. Uh, but if he doesn't play well, then I think it's a direct line to Drew Locke start being the starter week one. So is this, is this kind of it? So, so do you think this is kind of this game is it right here? If, if Geno Smith does well, it's his job. If he doesn't do well, it opens that door back up for Drew Locke. Depends. If Drew Locke can play week three, he still has an opportunity. If that makes sense, because he has he's to me if Geno plays well, and then game three comes along and G, and. Drew can't play. I think you're probably leaning towards Geno Smith. But if Drew can come back week three and play, I do think they give him an opportunity to go out what win the job like he would have had the opportunity this week. So Geno's just in a prime spot to take full advantage of this. And hey, we say it all the time. Like a lot of people say you shouldn't lose your job to injuries or COVID happens. You got sick. Unfortunately, it sucks. And the sad part was is they were saying how good he looked in practice and he had been playing yeah. well. He was gonna start. And then mm -hmm. you get COVID and there's nothing you can do about it. He leaves practice and, and he can't play. So uh, unfortunate for Drew Locke, but now he's got to find another way to get back on the field and, and earn that job. It is a plus that he got it when he did and the game is on Thursday because it gives him an extended amount of time to get back to health and, and back on the field. So, you know, this game happens Sunday or something like that and he gets COVID announced on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Well, then you're probably talking about him absolutely missing the the third preseason game. So he, he's got that little extended time to get back to health. And, uh, you know, Geno Smith, if he does not play well, the door is wide open. I think if he does play well, maybe you're still looking at Geno Smith starting week one. And because of that reason, you don't want to play him that much in preseason week three, which will allow Drew Locke to come back in and show what he's capable of. And then you just maybe you have something you feel comfortable with knowing that either one of these guys starting in week one makes you feel OK that you're not as far behind the eight ball as you may have thought going into the preseason. On the Bears side of things, Matt Eberflus said that his Bears starters will get six to ten plays in this second preseason game. Pretty standard stuff. AJ, what, what, what do you, uh, what, what do you, what do you? Did you, did well, you not no, like that? Did, did no. you not like that for Matt Eberflus? Do you want me to go, or do you want AJ to go and finish the question? I'm a, actually, I would like to hear what you were I, saying. If you, you seem very upset by this. Yeah, I, I don't understand this. The Bears, you know, pardon my French part, you know, sorry, Carson Wentz, I don't mean to give your nickname away, but the Bears are a shit burger, like of a franchise right now. They are not winning franchise right now. They're not doing anything special. They don't have a bunch of veterans on that team that need six to eight plays, six to eight plays. What in the hell can you evaluate from young players that haven't played in the NFL that are starters more like more than likely on your team with six to eight plays? I'm sorry, Justin Fields needs more than six to eight plays. He needs to be on the field. 
Darnell Mooney needs to be on the field. Velas old ass Jones needs to be on the field. Like these are guys that need to be playing football. And I get it. You want to protect your players, but stop with the mindset of thinking, oh, we're going to compete and we're going to contend and we need our guys to be healthy. No, you need your guys to show that they can play football so you don't have to go draft other players to replace them next year and you can actually have some hope going in the future. They need to play. This is not a team that needs to sit their starters out uh, because for six plays. Why play if you're going to only play six plays? Like, well, well, you tell me Patrick well, Mahomes is going to come in, get one drive, play six plays. Cool. I'm well, for you know, the, getting in the rhythm. Well, for the Bears, that, that could very well be two drives, the six to ten. So it was six to ten plays, not six to eight. But it was. But either way, that could be two drives to the Bears, knowing that they could go three and out both times and you get two drives for Justin Fields. They, that could they end need up to be doing the Carson Wentz of week one. They need to play into the second quarter. They need to play yeah. football. They are not good enough not to play football. Yeah, honestly, uh, and you're right where I was going. Like, there's one person's job on that team, really, that I think is safe, and that's Justin Fields. Anybody else, like, you need to play your ass off. If you get hurt, you know. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know, but you get you get the point of where I'm going with that. And like, because the thing is, if you get hurt, they need, like you say, they need to be seeing what they have in the future because they're going to be right back at the drawing board next season, no matter how surprising they may play this season right they still got to draft a load of talent next year to continue to build this team so if someone gets hurt that sucks for that player but we need to see where else we still need to grow so uh yeah this is dumb like it's week two of now a three uh week preseason it's not like you have two more games to think about you have one more shot to see what's going on and like so they got rid of the fourth preseason game so they get an extra week off right yeah yeah yep so it's like I don't know. And I, maybe the coaches are trying to make a point to get rid of preseason altogether. I don't know, but it's like, okay, the third preseason game used to be the game that everybody played all their snaps in. Well, now you don't have a fourth week. So why can't you play more snaps in the second and third week? Like I get week one, you're first getting acclimated. The, the bears just don't have that luxury, man. They, them guys need a matter of fact, if I'm the coach then you might play into the fourth quarter. It's, it's what we said. It's what we said for, uh, it might've been the bears last time we, or last uh, week, where these there's preseason teams, there's teams that that their preseason is the is part of their regular season at this point. Where you're evaluating, you're wanting to see these guys. It, these games matter. The, these moments matter. Whereas when it comes to like the teams like the Chiefs and those guys, like it doesn't matter. You're just going through the motions. You're getting things figured out. But the Bears are one of those teams where it's like, okay, this matters, and you got to get your starters going. I get what you're saying there. Let's get into the predictions of this game here. Seahawks, Bears, Aaron, what is your final score? Who's taking this one home? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. And I uh, I think Gino will play a lot because the whole thing, probably another first half at least. Um, I'll take the Seahawks 24 to 17. AJ? I'm also taking the Seahawks. I'm taking them 27 to 13. I will go. I will triple down on the Seahawks and go nineteen to seven as hey. the, uh, the final hey, score for the Seahawks. Those Bears fourth stringers they showed out last week against KC. Watch out! Hey, uh, watch out! Watch out! Those fourth stringers. <laughs> those fourth stringers are going to play all game apparently because Justin Fields is only going to get six to ten plays. So you might see those fourth stringers in the second quarter, and we'll make it. They'll they'll make it happen. Um, but all right, that's our that's our game preview for the Bears and Seahawks. If you want to check out our other game previews, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page at Sac City Pod for 
all of the preseason game previews, all of the regular season game previews, and so much more. Let's get into these morning headlines, and we can't start the morning off any other way by bringing up the massive extension for Derwin James, the safety for the Los Angeles Chargers, getting a four-year, $76.5 million extension, making him the highest-paid safety in NFL history and at an average of $19.1 million per year, including a $42 million guaranteed money. This is a this is a huge deal for the NFL, for safeties of all kind. But let's just stay on the Derwin James part before I move on to other safeties and the rest of the safety market. Derwin James gets this big payday. Aaron, what do you think about the 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 move for the Chargers to extend them four years and give them this uh, this massive deal? Uh, well, I think Derwin James deserves it from a talent standpoint. I'm a little concerned that they paid him um, due to his lack of health, and, and it's unfair. But this is a guy that's you know to be fair, it's one season where he he really missed most of the time, but he's been kind of banged up in and out of the lineup. And I think that's where people look at him and say he hasn't been really healthy. But talent-wise, I don't think there's a question here. I think this is a guy that's one of the more talented safeties in the NFL. And, yes, we talk about it all the time. It's just befitting to the market. Minka Fitzpatrick got paid. He got 18. Now you get Derwin James that goes to 19. You see the guys there, Jamal and- uh, Jamal Adams and Justin Simmons and Harrison Smith and those guys. Um, and then, you know, if you're if you're Jesse Bates over there, you're, you're, you're happy, right? Safeties are getting paid. Now, he probably doesn't deserve to be paid higher than Derwin James, but he'll slot in there somewhere nicely. And um, for, for the Chargers, it's everything. That defense, we talk about how they go and what they need on that defensive side of the football. And Derwin James is kind of that game changer. He's the one that can change the momentum of a game with the pick, or he can be around the line of scrimmage and make big plays. He is the more one of the more versatile safeties in the league. And for the Chargers, I thought it was important to pay a guy and just be honest, the Chargers are not accustomed to paying people. They're very similar to the Bears. They tend to let guys walk out in free agency, not really want to open the wallet. They don't really care about paying their players. They more want to, you know, worry about their other activities that isn't football. But they've moved to L.A. They're trying to make a shift. They're now dedicating resources. They look like they're on the right track. They got Herbert, a franchise quarterback, and now they locked up somebody on their defensive side of the ball that could be considered a staple alongside of a, of a Bosa, now Khalil Mack. So um, I thought it was big for him, but I thought it was bigger for the Chargers in the long, you know, long run because, again, we talked about that defense underperforming many of the past couple of seasons. And I think Derwin James is there to try to at least make that shift happen a little bit sooner. Yeah, I want to see what this does for the Jesse Bates contract. That's the biggest thing coming out of this, obviously. Yeah, that Dylan, I'm sure, went to the bowling alley with Jesse Bates the other day and and saw him texting his buddy about him signing in a few days. And I will say this, there was a legit report of Jesse Bates actually being at the Bengals preseason game in the press box uh, or in the club the club season, stuff like that. I don't know if that means anything or not, but, but yeah. he obviously wants to be a Bengal. I'm sure they will figure it out. But now the, maybe this is, that, this is a bad thing for the Bengals. Maybe the, this is where the Bengals should have already paid jesse bates to where they don't have to deal with these numbers that are already out maybe that's i i, I, I find I, it hard to believe that jesse bates is asking for more than what minka fitzpatrick got but if he if he is there might be a stalemate because if i'm cincinnati i'm probably not paying him that i'm just going to be honest but yeah I, I think he slots somewhere ahead of harrison smith i believe harrison smith was third uh yep or fourth, fourth I, honestly yeah. Around, around Jamal Adams, Harrison Smith, yeah. I think that's fair. 
Um, Harrison Smith is older. Uh, Jamal Adams has, he's a great talent, but he hasn't really lived up to that name either. Um, I think Jesse Bates has arguments there and to be the third highest paid safety. I think Jesse Bates is going to slot in about 18 million. Like, I think like, like that should be where he should be okay to settle and then maybe find a way to make it more lucrative on the back end or, or up the incentives. Cause I mean, he is a very, uh, I don't want to say a explosive style safety, but he, he makes plays, you know, and he, he does make a difference. So uh, I think 18 million is the type of contract that you may see him get to. And if he's not taking that, you're right. It's going to take a little bit to uh, figure some things out, but do you think he ultimately plays regardless of what happens this season? Nope. 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 I think nope. It, I don't. I think if he was gonna play, he'd already be there. Yeah. That's 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 where I that's where I'm at. If he was over if he was gonna play, he would have already been there. But if he's he if he wants the bag, he's not gonna step foot on the field until he gets that bag. And like you said, Aaron, I don't know. I well, well I don't know if well, I would go he, crazy they over They can't it. pay him though, right? Like they have to he has to play under the franchise tag with the understanding that they're gonna pay him. Right, because I don't think he can. He can't yeah. sign, right? He can't sign an extension now because the de- the deadline. Oh, so, correct. Yeah. So he can only play under the franchise tag. Yep. So they have to. Yeah. So they have to make some like, what like unwritten. Basically, like a yeah, unwritten verbal agreement. Like, hey, this is what it's gonna be. It's like, hey, the which, bag's coming. Just yeah. get on the field first, and then the bag will come, and we'll. And I think you've seen that details. with teams before. I think you saw that honestly with Dak Prescott. I thought that was a lot of what was happening there, um, where they were like, hey, man, we're gonna pay you good faith. Like, let's. Let's get you out here, he, but just understand we can't do anything now because we've already missed the deadline. Could we see something like that happen with Lamar? Just, just, a, just a quick question. That was... But the difference is Lamar is not franchised, so he can sign at any time. Oh, okay, that's true. That that's is true. That was so they, they franchise tag Jesse Bates, so he has to play under the tag now that the deadline's passed. So um, we'll know in two weeks. <laughs> like, if he's not coming in week one, like, I don't know what – Maybe maybe he holds out five, six weeks and gets the itch when the Bengals are winning or something. But if you're willing to sit out week one, man, I, I would be hard-pressed to feel like you're not going to sit out week two and week three and week four. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know. It's players it's nowadays. Sticky, it's a sticky situation in Cincinnati. Sticky situation. Uh, that was going to be – that's our only real morning headline uh, for this Thursday morning. Obviously, the news cycle will pick up and slow down and pick up and slow down. But mm-hmm. until then, tomorrow we'll have another little morning headlines. But as always, the morning headlines is presented by Manscaped's Body Wash Daily Shower Gel. Their ultra-premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh, and moisturized. Get your body wa- your Manscaped Body Wash today at manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY to save 20% off and free shipping. Aaron, hit us with the injury report. Yeah, the injuries are starting to pile up. The bullets points are getting longer and longer as Vinny <laughs> updates the injury report. Uh, start with the Chiefs. Miko Hardman left practice early with a growing injury. Uh, could be big, not necessarily for the Chiefs per se, but some of those other receivers might be able to get a chance to step up. Uh, the big one I thought was Chris Jones leaving practice early with an undisclosed injury. Don't know what it is yet, but never a good sign when Chris Jones leaves early. So a couple of big names there for the Chiefs as we move into preseason week number two. Um, Ken Walker. The, the 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 Vinny favorite. The Vinny favorite has a, a hernia, which um, it's not a sports hernia, which is like what they call it usually when football players get it. It's just a regular 
hernia. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the report because nobody wants to answer my question in the, the private chat. I don't know whether he's out week one he's or not. he will be he, out not. there week one because you don't know how to spell there. It's T H E R E. Oh, I did spell the wrong. I did put the yeah. wrong there. Yeah, and you didn't answer correct. my question, so now I look like an idiot on national television here. But national anyways, television. Yes, we are national. Is YouTube not national? Worldwide. Worldwide. Not just the uh, city. The world. So, <laughs> The Seahawks do plan for him to be out there week one, so he should they be hope, playing, hopefully. They do hope to, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Can, can, listen, if you're going to have me do the injury report, then don't put in the document, <laughs> Seahawks plan for him to be out there, the wrong there, week one, and then say hope without putting hope in the document. I well, didn't do the research on this. I was at work working a 14-hour, 17-hour, 22-hour shift, and then I got to come home. I it's morning time. I don't know if it's nighttime. I didn't sleep. I didn't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening right now. No, no. I'm irritated. <laughs> anyway, well, they, they plan to have him back in week one. The Seahawks there. plan to hope in, to in have there there with the E, the, air, the R, and the E out there week one. They for are Ken Walker, one of Vinny's uh, one of Vinny's kind of sleepers. So uh, Patriots placed Malcolm Butler on IR. Um, again, very, very vague on the research that was done by our producer. So I don't know which IR that was. I don't know if that's three weeks. I don't know if that's a year. Not, not much information there. And I didn't do anything today. So I can't actually tell you what's hey, happening. But hey, if, we, if we're trying to pull the curtain back, this, I said pick this, and choose your goddamn injury report. If you didn't feel like there was enough information on it, then don't hey, read it, bitch. Hey, don't read this it. This injury report what? is injured. This, but this injury what? report needs to but go on the IR, no, bro. I'm doing it. I did it on purpose now, just because of the first one. I was like, no, nope, might as well just go with but it all. Guess what? The last one has all of the information. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a paragraph a about Zach Wilson, which we've already covered a nauseum. Zach Wilson had surgery, but let's quote the recovery plan for Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is complicated. There is a bone bruise, which does need rest, and the meniscus, which was trimmed. Rests mean off of his feet. And rests, it was rest, not rests. That's plural, so it's wrong. The team hey, won't put him on the field until he's 100%, meaning it may not be week one. There is Jets your fans report. wanted that injury report. Brought Jets. to you by, ah, who gives a shit? Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, you ever see Major League? He's like, he's like looking for the ad read. He's like, ah, brought to you by, uh, the hell with it. <laughs> Uh, AJ, you know what time it is. Load up those golden pipes. Tell the people at home where they can follow us at before we can move on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. Happy morning. It's Sack City Pod on your favorite social media platforms, such as Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. One of those ain't your favorite. It don't matter. Sign up, find at Sack City Pod and hit that like. Hit that subscribe, hit that share. Not to do that if you don't like the platform, leave. But then come back and do it again. You gotta rock with your boys at Sac City Pod for the best football content on the interwebs. So once again, head over to at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Make sure you hit those likes, shares, subscribes, follows, and tell somebody. And Sac City now is supported by Manscaped. That's right. The bit, the men's below the waist grooming has been a long day. Their products are precision engineered tools for those family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So join over 6 million worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping. 
with that promo code SACCITY. And if my math is correct, that's 12 million balls, Vinny. Dude, that's so many balls. And that performance package has arrived and it's a game changer. You get the lawnmower 4.0 to trim up, make things nice. You can make designs down there if you want. You can whack those weeds with the weed whacker ear and nose trimmer. Crop preserver ball deodorant, make those things smell real good. And you can revive them, bring them back to life with that toner. Uh, you get a pair of boxes brief and obviously that wonderful newspaper to read while you're, you know, doing the manly stuff you have to do in the bathroom. But that is, again, the exclusive offer Type in that promo code SACCITY, save 20% plus free shipping. Oh, man, you guys got to go to manscaped.com. There's no better trimmer on the market. I'm telling you, reduces nicks. It's not it's not 100% waterproof, but it's waterproof. Like, if you drop it in the shower, guess what happens? It, you just pick it back up and you can <laughs> trim again. Just trim. You just, it has a mind of its own, man. It works. You don't even have to, It has a light on it. I haven't even told you about the LED light that's on it. It's amazing. You get a wonderful graphics here by Vincent. He loves the newspaper. I don't know if that's Vincent or a monkey on there, but either it way, actually, they both, they, they both need to be shaved often. So he uses it every day. Like every day he's there and he's just like, before the show, he just trims up. Not that I that's see That's actually how I that. shaved all this. I just, no, I broke the rules don't, and I actually don't, used all Don't this. do that. Don't do that. Disclosure, <laughs> Manscaped would not approve of that. But anyways, go get your Manscaped products, 20% off, free worldwide shipping, manscaped.com, promo code SACCITY. Let us break down the Tennessee Titans and their regular season and all the things that could happen with the Titans this last season. I remember last season, and I'm going to start here. We're changing things up today, gentlemen. Last year, going into the season, when we were previewing the Titans, we were talking about how bad this defense was. We were talking yeah, about... To be fair, no. AJ was not. I was talking. AJ we, defended the Titans our, defense. Our concern for the Titans was their defense, and it ended up being one of their strongest parts of their team last year. Uh, they, they they played well. Everything looked good. It shocked the world. What is the most underrated part of that defense this year, AJ? So the interesting part was uh, we were specific on one area of their defense last year, and that was their secondary and I will come back again and say I think that's going to be the part that is going to be underrated because now we just need to see it. If you watch this on Monday, we talked about the Packers and how uh, they're going to be one of the best defenses in the league if they can stop the run. Well, this team was great at that. They allowed only 83.5 yards per game. But when you look at the passing side of their defense, you're talking over 4,000 yards uh, on the season, according to NFL.com. This year, I think they are going to be right up there with some of the best and back-to-back -back on a pretty close elite defense. You got that man right there, Kevin Byard, who was the most consistent defender for them last season. He brings that back to them this season, uh, the leadership, the mentality that he has. Uh, you look at a guy like Christian uh, Fulton, who got better and better as the year went on. Uh, Elijah Molden got to play some, play some uh, games last season, was always in, in the right spot. Wasn't like opportunistic, but he wasn't really causing a bunch of issues either. Now you look at it and you got Caleb Farley, a guy who we were very excited about last season who got injured uh, coming on. And they went ahead and uh, drafted some depth in Auburn's Roger McCree, a guy who they are loving in camp right now and is really contending for a starting position. And if he can't make it as a, one of the outside corners, they are looking for any type of way that they can go ahead and use this man. If he's going to fit into the slot, are they going to use him for matchup, uh, certain matchups like against running backs, against tight ends, any way that they can help this secondary continue to get better. And they're so young. 
which allows these guys to just keep growing together as a unit. So if they can bring back that rushing, uh, that rushing stopping prowess, excuse the horrible uh, language there, and then cope it with the uh, secondary that I think is going to take a huge step forward. Once again, we could be talking about one of the better defenses in the NFL. Titans fans, are you okay. ready? Titans fans, are you I'm ready? Excited. Ah, hoobity hoop blah, all that bullshit you was just talking. Nobody cares. The Titans suck. Listen, man. Whoa! The Titans defense is, it's good. It is. It's a good defense. They, they played well last year. I expect them to play well this year. Part of the reason why they were so good against the run last year and they had so much success against the run was a lot of it was their offense was a predominantly ball control offense. So they control the clock. They'd get ahead on teams. What would teams have to do? Not be able to run the ball. So they throw the ball a lot. So you give up more pass yards. I actually think the secondary played pretty well and given up, even though they gave up 4,500 yards, a lot of teams threw the ball against them. And it's because of the way their offense runs. It's Derrick Henry for 30 times a game. They're such a slow offense that teams feel the pressure when they when Tennessee jumps out ahead that they can milk the clock out so they feel like they have to throw the ball all the time. This is how they were so successful against those good teams last year. The problem, again, is going to be the offense. And I'm not even going to let Vinny ask the question. You were right about the defense. The offense, the difference in their offense with the rest of the AFC is they don't have the weapons. The weapons on offense are going to prevent that defense from being to reach its full potential. That's why they can't be the number one defense because they will be on the field too much. Derrick Henry alone cannot do it. You look at that. There's such a big glaring difference between being the fifth rushing team and your 25th in passing. They have no way to create explosive plays. You lose your best receiver in an AJ Brown, who is arguably one of the better receivers in football. You let him basically just walk out the door so you can draft a rookie in Traylon Burks, who is AJ 2.0. But we have no idea what this guy's going to come and be able to do. He's already been hurt. In preseason, he didn't do much the first game. If he was even on the field, I believe he's out there for a few plays. Didn't really make an impact. Robert Woods coming with the torn ACL has to be kind of recover from that. We obviously know he's on the backside of his career. And then you have an Austin Hooper, who we were super excited about coming out of Atlanta, went to Cleveland, didn't really do much, and now he's in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill has to play like he did two years ago, where this offense and this team have no chance. Ryan Tannehill, 33 touchdowns and seven picks two years ago, and then he comes a year later and he's throwing a bunch of picks and obviously not throwing touchdowns. He is the only person on this team that can change the fortune of them Maybe even getting to the playoffs, but having that first round exit that, by the way, every single person on this podcast called number one seed that would lose in the very first round of the playoffs when they got to see somebody would be the Tennessee Titans. We all called it. And guess what? It happened. No argument. No <laughs> argument here on that one. That, <laughs> this this Titans team has just never seemed like they were the real deal. And it just. They just seemed like it was a, a matter of time before it kind of collapsed. And you brought up Traylon Burks, and I just I don't. There is something wrong with Traylon Burks, in my opinion. And and maybe I'm just jumping the gun. Maybe he turns out to be something, but there is just something wrong. And yesterday I said so. I was it yesterday or two days ago? I said the writing is on. Oh, Sir Antonio Gibson, the writing is on the wall, and that was what I was worried about. It seems like that's a similar situation with Traylon Burks early on that the writing might be on the wall, already on the wall for him because 
he's already missing just so much time in camp because of just either injuries or it's asthma or it's the heat or it's, it's <laughs> there's just there's just something always going on with Traylon Burks and I just don't get it for him. I I, I don't because I just it doesn't make sense. And now you brought and you brought up the fact that they're supposed to come in and be AJ 2.0. It's like I Trust I me, don't when see Dallas, it. when the talk about Dallas getting him was out. I was just like, oh please don't please don't. <laughs> There were a couple of those receivers that I felt like were overhyped. Olave, obviously, Traylon Burks. But I knew that they would all go high. Traylon Burks kind of has that feeling to me as well. And not only because of the things you mentioned, but then when you're that type of player, we already have reservations about you. And then you go to a place that doesn't throw the ball well. How are they going to get him involved? How are they going to find ways to make him be at his, at his max, reach his maximum potential? If he goes to Kansas City in the first round, we're looking like ah, Andy Reid might find a way to, to actually use him in the appropriate way. I don't know if that's the case with Mike Vrabel in this Tennessee offense. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm keeping my eye on, to be honest, because that, that was the whole storyline. You looked at uh, A.J. Brown getting traded on draft night, and immediately they go and get a wide receiver when there were other things that we thought that they could have focused on. So now, as you guys have all just really well mentioned the issues that he keeps having and you know, at first it's like, don't worry about it. It's just rookie mini camp, and he left in day one, getting used to the NFL. Now we're talking about week two of the preseason. And he's leaving joint practices. They're not saying they're not saying that he's being injured. They're not saying that uh, it's the asthma again. They're not disclosing anything. So now you're talking about every single snap is critical, sure, but at the same time, are you also saying that if he's not going to be up to up to par, he's not going to play? Because I don't think you can do that, seeing as how you drafted him 18th overall. You see what's going on in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers is coming out saying, if you can't catch the ball, you're not going to be on the field. And they're saying, hey, Traylon Burst, if you're not on the field now, well, uh, it's okay. I guess, uh, you know, we'll we'll cross the bridge when we get there in week one. So I, I am going to be looking to see what happens with Traylon Burks. And if at the end of the season for the Titans, they're talking about a missed first-round pick, and you're looking at, respectfully, another Corey Brown situation where, yeah, he might have been good, but never what they really thought he was going to be for where they drafted him in uh, Corey Davis. I don't know who the hell Corey Brown is. <laughs> a mix of, Traylon Burks is a mixture of A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, at the end of the season, we was like, why are y'all looking at me crazy? I, like, yep, I hear it now. I hear what I did wrong. <laughs> I just, I man, I don't get it with this Titans team, to be completely I honest. do? Why, what do you mean you don't get it? You're thinking too hard. I, I am. told you. I am. I, I said it to start the week. We spent 10, 15, whatever minutes we just talked about all that. I said the answer we could have just stopped. Ten times suck. They could be have the greatest regular season record all they want. But we're going to talk about them in the playoffs. They're not going to win because they suck. And when I say suck, I don't say you – know, I don't mean you can't win a game. I don't mean they're not talented. I don't mean they can't put things together. They're not, they're not a Super Bowl caliber team. They are not up there with the, the like they wanted to be or they wanted to be perceived as last year being the number one seed. They're not up there with Buffalo. They're not up there with the Chiefs. That's what it they're always the Ravens. Like that's what it always seemed like to, for me. It was just like there's like they, sure they're the number one seed. They're like they, they got all the things Jesus. going for in terms of the standings, but I'm like, this team is just not like they're they're not like the others. This is just like Did the, anybody really think the Tennessee Titans were going to the Super Bowl last year? Hell no. Nick from Nashville. Nick from Nashville did. Nick from I, Nashville I is an idiot. Nick from Nashville is an idiot. And I'll, I'm saying I'm not afraid to call people names. They can call me names on the internet. Why can't I call them? If you really thought the Tennessee Titans were going to the Super Bowl last year, you're an idiot. Yeah. 
This is and, this is a we talk about players overperforming and doing better than we expect. These guys, as a team, in my opinion, just overperformed. Like who, what we saw last year was not who they were. In my opinion, I, I, I think it's good coach. I do think Mike Vrabel is a very yeah, good coach. Absolutely, that's that's, that's why that's you can win that many games because he's yeah. that good. He's so, that so good when, of a coach. When you when you look at the Titans' schedule, Aaron, what do you think the defining part of the schedule will be? To where okay, maybe this like this sets them back or this really said we are who they thought they were who we are who we thought they were like that's what that that the that part of the schedule for the titans where is that i think it's early in the season i think they have to get off to another good start and i think it's more important that they do that early because i do think they have some winnable games down the stretch that if they get out to an early start get some wind under, under their belt then they can close with some wins and they'll end up in a very good position as far as playoff seating and stuff no matter what, I can sit here and say that Tennessee Titans suck. They won't win a playoff game. They won't do any of this. They don't believe that. They believe they have the talent to win games. They believe they have the talent to get to the AFC title game into a Super Bowl. So with that mindset, they have to be in a position where they don't have to go on the road to KC. They don't have to go on the road to Baltimore, that they can get some of these games at home. So if I'm Tennessee, I'm looking to duplicate that success I had last year in the regular season so I can be in a prime position again to have a number one seed, to get a bye week so I don't have to play that first round, and then when one of those powerhouses in the AFC, whether that's the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Broncos, the Raiders, any of those teams, the Bengals, seven teams I would put above Tennessee, the Colts, eight. Like when one of those teams go, they go play you at home and you have the best opportunity to win. So they have to 12 and five. Yeah. 13 and four. If they don't, I, they have they're going to gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna lose on the road. No matter yeah, what. I think they have to win that division. I think they the Titans have to win that AFC South if they want a shot. I don't think I don't think second place in the AFC South makes the playoffs. Like that's how I mean we've we'll, we'll get into I our agree. record or we'll get into our prediction our full predictions later on in the month. Uh, but I don't think a second place AFC South team makes the playoffs. And if they do, they're going to get smoked in the first round, and it's just not going to be fun for anyone involved. Um, Let's go into the let's go into the prop bets here real quick for the Tennessee Titans before we give our final record predictions and they look like this. I have given you guys overs for win totals for just about every team we've covered. This is the first team I've given you an under under eight and a half wins for the Tennessee Titans at plus one fifteen. Over 13 and a half Derrick Henry rushing touchdowns is at minus 115 and over four and a half Traylon Burks receiving touchdowns at plus 110. I tried to mix in the obvious Derrick Henry one to say, okay, it's still Derrick Henry. He's still that dude. But then I threw in the plus money there with the wins and the Traylon Burks to see if you guys would be tempted to go that route. Aaron, which one is your locked and loaded bet here? Um, yeah, I, I think the I think it's easy probably to go with a, with a Derrick Henry there. I think that's probably the most likely just because of how many opportunities he's going to get. But I'm going to go with Traylon Burks under. I actually think it's under four and a half. Lock, don't bet the four and a half over. I would bet the under on that side um, because I don't I don't see it. <laughs> I, I just don't. First of all, Tannehill may throw what 24, 25 touchdowns. Um, handful to Robert Woods, handful to Austin Hooper, handful to a, a few of these no-name guys. I, I just don't know that Traylon Burks can get the, the number of, of touchdowns that he, that's on there. So I'll take the under there. 
Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Traylon Burks will have two receiving touchdowns this year. You better hope he plays in two games. I'm about to say, damn it. Literally what I was about to say. Damn. Damn. Literally what I was about to say. Maybe I should have put that as the over as the over (laughs) under two games for Traylon Burks. AJ, what about you? What's the locked and loaded bet for you that you have uh, out of these choices? You know, uh, I am going to take under eight and a half wins. Uh, and that's with me uh, bumping up their win total from what I had it uh, earlier in this in our preseason uh, conversation. And I know we just talked about Mike Vrabel and what he can do, but I have a feeling, even though I talked about how good the defense is going to be, I have a feeling that this team is going to be last year's Vikings. They're going to get into a lot of close games and not be able to finish, or the other team is just going to get the better of them down the stretch. And I think it may have to do with the offense. And, yeah, they can be fun. They can be fun with the Robert Woods and the Derrick Henry. But, like, if you're getting in that in that, in that that area, are you going to be able to just run Derrick Henry late in the fourth quarter? We've seen them lose games because they had to go away from Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter and start throwing the ball. And if that becomes the case again and they're in these little, little dog fights, they may start losing some close games. So I'm going to take the under eight and a half. And, uh, and, it's, and it's a bet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a bet, but. Put, I'm put, putting it in, putting it. In. I, I I think I would have to disagree with you there, at That's least fine. on the point. Not not the not the bet itself, but I if the Tennessee Titans are in these close games, I think Mike Vrabel's coaching gets them those wins, and that was the that would be one of the biggest differences with with what we saw with the Minnesota Vikings last year with Mike Zimmer. I think Mike Vrabel is going would be that difference maker to get them over the hump. I don't see them that thing, I don't see them getting into those those battles here. Um, cause I, I mean, I'll get into the record predictions right now. I have them at six and 11. That's where I, I have them at six and 11. The worst out of all four of us on this panel that when we did our off season, I'm sticking with that because in these games with the, with the big dogs, I don't think that they stay with them. And then even in the games with like, I think that they split with Jacksonville. I think they split with Houston. I think, I think they, they, they lose games. They should definitely win. I see a six and 11 season for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to call you out a little bit here, Vinny. Because I, I agreed with you about Mike Vrabel. I, I think his coaching is excellent. And you talked about those close games, him getting the wins. Um, I, I don't think that applies when you have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Um, and, and and regardless of how good Vrabel is, Ryan Tannehill still has to play quarterback. And I, I went to go look to verify, but I was like, they were in some close games last year that they lost, that they should have won. First of all, the, obviously the playoff game was close. It was 1916. But they their games that they lost last year, Houston Texans was a close game. They lost in overtime to the Jets. They lost in uh, against the Steelers like by, by like 1913, like close games. I don't know that it's really about Vrabel. I don't know if it's about the rest of the team. I think it's about Ryan Tannehill, very similar to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if that's a Mike Zimmer thing. Maybe Kirk Cousins needs to step up because with every other team, when it comes to close games, we always talk about quarterback play. We always talk about Dak Prescott, can he do it? Matt Stafford, can he win these tight games? Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. When are they going to go and win these close games? That's what you pay the quarterback that amount of money to do. When Ryan Tannehill got paid, they said, we are committed to you because we think that you are the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. If their defense puts them in positions where they're scoring, giving up 19 points, they expect Ryan Tannehill to score 20. And he's not doing that. So despite the coaching, I think the quarterback play is what prevents them from winning those close games. Um, 
I don't know if that much changes. I just think Ryan Tannehill is what he is. He's not terrible. I will say it. Ryan right. Tannehill is not the worst quarterback in football. He's not, he's going to go out and do some things that you're like, man, that could be something. But I don't see him going out and winning games. Like he, there's a last drive down the field and Ryan Tannehill's got the ball. I'm like, I hope maybe. I'll be just honest. I, I, I would have no faith. I don't have any faith in that. And there's there's a handful of guys in the NFL that are on bad teams that I would have faith in what in, in that situation. So what what um, happened to that that season where Ryan Tannehill had like the most game winning drives or something like that? And I told you, everybody, I told everybody it was bullshit. I told <laughs> everyone Ryan Tannehill. No, 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 it was not. Yes, yes, it was, because the whole Ryan Tannehill debate AJ? last year started AJ? when he drafted Ryan Tannehill no. in fantasy. No, sir. That's when it all started. No, sir. Yes, AJ, go back. AJ, will, I, I know AJ remembers this from the rough cut days. I have been dogging Ryan Tannehill well before the my fantasy betrayal of him, okay? I have been buried down on him, even when he had those clutch performances where he had all the, he led the league and comeback drives. I never believed in Ryan Tannehill, ever. Something was uh, similar to what I said with Traylon Burks. Something was just off with Ryan Tannehill. How it was well, just not, not him. To be fair, and, he since he's been in Tennessee, there's been no proof of that until last season. Like, right? like I said, like but, I but said, what, it was so, it was after it was after his his first year in in Tennessee. It was like, oh yeah, the clutch, all the clutch drives, all that kind of stuff. Was like, yeah, oh, but the great. second year he did it even better. Okay, so it was after his second year that I said that. That was <laughs> last year. That's my point. It was so right now. To be fair, since Ryan Tannehill has been in Tennessee, he's had one bad season, and that was last season. And yeah. I'm not defending him because I don't. I'm just saying that he's not the worst quarterback. He's just not going to take you and elevate your team to and, where and you want to go. And that's basically where he and was at with it, though. You try to put him in the category of Carson Wentz. Thank you, mm. thank you, AJ. Are you not? I'm trying to put Carson him in Wentz? the category of Carson Wentz. Yes, because you're hurt. Because you you because you are excessively hurt. Like you normally would just be like, he's not a good quarterback, but you excessively go out of your way now to talk about Ryan Tannehill because he screwed you in fantasy football. No, 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 no. I, I excessively go out of my way to talk about Ryan Tannehill is because I told you people, I told you people <laughs> that Ryan but, Tannehill was garbage. But that's my point, is you're yeah, saying he's garbage. Hard. And That's now you're being excessive oh, because I'm it's sorry, an emotional thing. It's not garbage. It's not garbage. He's not garbage. an average quarterback. He is an okay, average so quarterback. I'm just saying that the since he's been in Tennessee, the only time he's been average to below average was last season. So if we are taking based on last year, you would be absolutely correct. I'm not ready to just write him I off as a right. quarterback. You said what? I said I know I'm right. If he if he has another season like he had last year, I will be all aboard your train. Right now, I have I'm very concerned for the Titans because of Ryan Tannehill. But I'm not. You would have been safer. You'd have been safer saying while his production is okay, you never believe that he was enough to get the Titans where they want to go. That's all you had to say. That's all you had to say because it's what you've been saying, and you've gone. He's right. You've gone over. Garbage is fine. That, like, yeah, because he's garbage now because I, he burned I, him in fantasy football. I, honestly, Otherwise, I he would just be a bad quarterback that he didn't like. I don't even. He didn't burn. He didn't really even burn me in fantasy because I I I went zero and four with him, and then I moved on from him, and I made the decision. But Vinny, you can't go zero and four in fantasy football. There's only thirteen weeks, buddy. Good. I know. I know. <laughs> Cost you a playoff I moved, spot. I he burned you. From, Trust me, I really don't even think about Ryan Tannehill in terms of fantasy. That's on me for thinking Ryan Tannehill was going to be, be productive for me in fantasy. He thought that's, he was going to get you some rushing touchdowns. 
Well, no. I was stupid enough to say, okay, I'm going to have Ryan Tannehill for the first four weeks, and then Justin Fields is going to be that dude, and I'm going to have Justin Fields with rushing and the throwing, and, well, the Bears, Bears, and now they have Vilas Jones, and I digress. All right, <laughs> record predictions. Record predictions so we can move on here. You already gave your record prediction. I, I know. You guys didn't. Um, I'll, I'll tell you mine. Um, hold on. You know what time it is, baby. Let me get oh, out my, my handy dandy paper. I got Tennessee. I don't change, man. I'm very consistent on this show. I'm sticking with my prediction I had months ago. I'm taking them eight and nine. I think they start the season slow, even though I said they need to start fast. I think they lose four of their first seven games. Um, it doesn't get any better from there. They only win two of their next set, uh, six. And then they get a couple of wins down the stretch to get them back up to eight wins. Eight and nine Tennessee Titans in 2022. AJ? I uh, I had them, if I'm not mistaken, at 7-10. and 10. Um, I do like what their defense is starting to look like a little bit more, and they fixed some pieces. So similar to uh, – actually, I don't remember what team it was. I'm bumping them one game, and uh, I am now meeting Aaron at the 8-9 and nine spot. Um, we'll, we'll call that the variable effect for you, Vinny, to make you feel better about it. Uh, so I got them at 8-9. and nine. And I, I had him. I I had him at six and eleven. Six so and eleven. Is, yeah. yeah. So this is yeah. the the Vrabel effect. Hey man, you really... feel how you feel. You feel how yeah, you feel. I, I Vrabel's just... getting them six games. I mean, <laughs> six and eleven. You said. Yeah, that's probably yeah. disrespectful. I'm probably the big. I yeah, because the thing is, is just because you suck, don't mean you can't win some games. Like they, I told you, they have super. A, I have a lot like of talent. six games. Six games is hey, is winning. They six have games. a lot of talent. They they're gonna win based on talent alone and good coaching. They're they're not gonna be able to to get to where they want to be, and that's when I say they suck. Like because Titans fans will have you believe they're gonna be the number one seed. They're gonna go to the playoffs. They're gonna win the Super Bowl and all that stuff again. When I say I, when I use these terms like suck, and turd, and these kind of like strong words. It's, in, it's, it's really relating to what people are talking about the team as, right? When you have these expectations of being here and then you fall so short of that, you're a turd, okay? That's what I call you. That's, you suck. But it, in comparison to the Bears, do the Titans suck? No. Comparison to the Seahawks? No. Comparison to some of these other real shit teams? No. But compared to the elite, which is they, what they want to be considered as, they suck. It's like me telling an NBA player, he sucks. Yeah, of course he's better than me doesn't mean he's better than LeBron. That's all I'm saying. So you got to take it and put it in some context, wrap it around it. Titans fans, you suck too. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Tell us why you don't suck, Titans fans. Aaron, where do we have the Tennessee <laughs> Titans on our power rankings today? Yeah, they're, they're going to fall in right at number 20. Um, again, this is tough, man. It's hard to kind of navigate the waters with teams. And these are supposed to be regular season power rankings. But with me having them at 8 and 9, AJ having them where he has them, and then you at 6 and 11, uh, they had to drop. And many people probably have them a little higher. But uh, we slotted them in right at number 20. People are going to think it's disrespectful. Tennessee Titans, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. Let's move on to our final team of the evening, or the morning, I should say. Uh, and it is the New York football giants. AJ, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball here. We've talked about Daniel Jones and his this being almost a make-or-break year for him with new head coach Brian Dable. What does Daniel Jones' season have to look like to keep his job? The bare no, I minimum. Think this, I, I don't think this is something as simple as like, 
what what does he have to put up in the numbers category? Because I don't think it's about numbers for him anymore. You know, that was what it was the first three years, and it still wasn't enough. You know, you asked him to drop his turnovers. He did that each year. It came down from 19, I think, last year. Uh, from interceptions, it came from 12 to 7. From fumbles, I think it came from 19 to 7. You know, he's dropped it. You asked him to get better in the passing game. Uh, maybe not as much as yards, but his completion percentage is leveled out in the best way, and it, it's been jumping up about a percent each season. When it comes to Daniel Jones, I think at this point, and it's, you can laugh, you can say it sounds stupid, he has to be the reason that good things are happening. Like, he has to be the reason that they win games. He can't just be a part of a winning atmosphere. He has to be the reason they win games, and he has to get this locker room and his teammates to believe that he can be their guy. Because if he goes out and he has himself a great season, let's say he throws for 3,500 yards plus, let's say he's back at his 24 touchdown uh, area, let's say he doesn't turn the ball over in double digits or anything, but they win seven games, it's not enough. You know, that's not going to get the job done, and it's still going to have you looking elsewhere for your guy in the quarterback. You already have to chalk the thought process up that you spent a sixth, a sixth overall pick on this guy, and it's very clear he is not your franchise, and he might not ever be anybody's franchise. But if you are thinking about a future in New York with Daniel Jones, first off, like, sit back down and think about it a little bit. But secondly, like, he has to be able to show you that he can be the reason that they can win games. That's cute. It's just not going to happen. You're right. It's That's not going to happen. Very fair. <laughs> I um, believe that as well. But listen, man, you talked about. Like, I, I I did like the way you kind of built him up, though. You know, he's steadily improved on his passing percentage increase. <laughs> he tries to do this, and he oh, kind of does that. Daniel Jones had he's had 21 touchdown passes in the last two years combined. 21. Ryan Tannehill had 21 last year. And he was the turd we just got done talking about. So, but just just count them. I think it's what three, six, nine, 12, 15, 16 quarterbacks threw more touchdown passes in 2021 than Daniel Jones has thrown over the past two seasons. The, the Giants, it, it's got to be Daniel Jones because I don't believe that Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, uh, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Rudolph last year, like all these weapons of guys that have been productive on other teams that have been good players now come to the Giants and can't do anything. Yes, we can blame a little bit on coaching. Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator. He's gone. But Jason Garrett also was the Cowboys offense coordinator. They had a really good offense. So what is the what is the only thing that's been consistent for the past three years? It's been Daniel Jones. And I'm sorry. I, I told you, I said this the other day, he's losing reps in practice. You, you just can't do that. The man, the man hasn't thrown for more than 3,027 yards. That is the number of quarterbacks back in the sixties. Like when they was running the, the veer and had leather helmets in the forties and stuff, they were throwing the ball for that many yards. So to me, it's it, you're right. Yes. Daniel Jones has to be the reason, but I think it's just, just a big waste of time for the giants. Start Tyrod Taylor week one. Try to win as many games as you can to be competitive so you can show a franchise's fan base that you are trying to win. And you're probably still not going to win a lot of games just because Tyrod Taylor's good. But I don't know. Maybe they can even get into the playoffs. Who knows, to be honest. But then you come next year, you find your franchise quarterback, you move up, you do whatever you have to do to draft your franchise quarterback and go from there. You got to Sometimes teams have to cut bait. Sometimes teams have to know, hey, we got it wrong. Gettleman's not even there. Like, he's not even in the mindset of, 
of of having this happen. So I, they just need to move on. They just they just need to move. On. Do you think they have a better record with D, with Daniel Jones or a worse record? Like between Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, who gives them Tyrod Taylor worse? easy. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor okay. Tyrod Taylor might have the Giants in playoff contention. So. so so if I'm the New York Giants, I am starting Daniel Jones so I can bring in a Bryce Young, a CJ Stroud, or one of those quarterbacks next year. <laughs> no, see, That's you're thinking play. about it the wrong way. Because the problem with that mindset is you also get players in that locker room that are trying to earn paychecks. And they see that they have a better quarterback in Tyrod Taylor with a chance to win. And you choose yeah. to play Daniel Jones instead. That's and fair. guess what they're doing when free agency comes around? They're all leaving. No. They're gone. I, I get that. I get that. Just trade up, man. Just trade. We see teams do it every year. Yeah. You want your guy? Go trade up to get him. I'm going to give a bonus question out here for this offensive side of the ball, and it may be towards fantasy. It may be towards just general football talk here. But, Aaron, you seem to be high on Saquon no, Barkley don't, last don't. night. God, man. You just ruin the show sometimes with your producing expertise. That's my <laughs> one to watch for. Would have been nice if it was in the notes. It would have been nice if you just stuck to the plan and asked the one question that's in the doc. I didn't know that's where you were going, so I guess well, you were going to have to. You didn't put it in the notes either. You just literally put one question I don't know what your what to watch for is in the notes. How am I supposed to put it in the notes? If no, I don't know I'm talking about the offensive question. You're asking another one. It's not in the doc. So when you don't ask that right away, I'm thinking, okay, what is my what well, to watch for going to be? On the defensive side of the ball, Aaron, <laughs> uh, Wing trying to do extra. comes in as their new defensive coordinator, the former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. What will this new look defense look like? Um, I'm worried. I'm worried with the loss of, of, of a Bradbury. Uh, you lose a Patrick Graham, who we've all talked about. He moving over to Las Vegas and what kind of uh, like presence he has in the locker room, what he's going to bring over there. I think it's really predicated on on the young guys, though. We talked about a defense a couple of years ago. We we're like, man, this is defense is kind of sneaky good. And then you go and you get guys like Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you got Dexter Lawrence already there and Leonard Williams. Uh, Aziz Ojolari is another year older, so he's getting more experience. The back end is a little bit of a concern because of the loss of, of a Bradbury. But they went and they got your boy. Oh, wait. Dylan's boy, Cordell Flott, or whoever's Flott. boy that was. Cordell Flott. Um, but they also drafted guys like Dane Belton, who I really, really like at the safety position from Iowa. And then you got the Julian Love and Xavier McKinney's there. So their defense still has the talent. Um, and, and I really like what they did in the draft for the young guys, but it's going to be predicated on how the young guys actually perform and fill into some of those holes that were left by uh, a Bradbury and then obviously uh, Patrick Graham. So I, I'm they're in a tough spot, man. The offense, I think that with this team, their offense has been kind of the driving force of how this team has played and what their record's been over the past couple of seasons. Because I do believe they have a talented defense. I, I think they're put in bad situations. I don't think their offense moves the ball enough. They don't score touchdowns. And when you're a good defense, you can't really ever live up to your potential when you have that kind of offense. It's so hard because you have to be perfect on every single series. And we all know in the NFL, these offenses and quarterbacks are way too good for that to happen. What does Wink bring? What is what? What does Wink Martindale? Bring? Oh, I was like, what is? <laughs> is that what you call him, Wink? It's yeah, that's what his nickname yeah. is. I don't know his nickname. His name is Wayne Martindale. I mean, what? What? It's do not you even mean? that. That's that's not even his name. Whatever, Wink. I'm like, who's who's Wink? That, that's what they get that's what they call him. Really, Wink Martindale gonna get on the ass. <laughs> um, 
I, I think you see a lot of what you've seen in Baltimore. They like to blitz. Uh, I don't know if they have the same personnel. That's the problem. In Baltimore, when they were healthy, that that back end was, I mean, legit. One of the best in football yeah. when you talk about who they had out there and and Marcus Peters and and those guys. So I, I think that he'll try it. I, but again, you have to kind of adjust to your personnel. I, you see this a lot of times with with coordinators. They feel like their system outweighs the personnel. I think I think Martindale comes in and, and just says, "Hey, look, what do I have here? What can I do?" Bradbury's gone. I can't leave this corner on an island. So maybe I have to roll some coverage to his side and blitz from somewhere else. Uh, maybe it's just, again, different disguised looks or different schematics, but he's going to try to bring pressure. I think he's going to try to create a lot of turnovers. That was always big in Baltimore, creating those turnovers to give your offense more possessions. And trust me, this offense could use some more possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go into the odds here before we go into Aaron's what to watch for. Uh, well, you know what, Aaron, just go, just do it. Just do it. You just, just go, you it. just be changing shit up just to be changing shit up. Listen, well, no, yeah, I, you wanted to bring it up. I know you didn't want to hear me talk for this long. I don't even want to hear myself talk for this long, but I do talk a lot. Anyways, Saquon Barkley. I just think everything's set up for him to be a, a huge success this year. Not because the Giants are necessarily a huge success, but the injury, people, are, nobody's really talking about him. Remember the talks a couple of years ago, this is the best back we've seen in, I don't know, since Barry Sanders. He's this, he's that. He's top five. He's better than Zeke. He's better than Christian McCaffrey. Like all these, everybody like was praising him. And then he gets hurt, banged up, hasn't been the same since. I like the idea of not having the pressure. And I'm not saying he feels it, but where he can just go out and play and he's not really in the spotlight at this moment. He looks healthy. He looks slim down. He looks fast. Um, I love that they played him in the preseason, the week one. I thought, like, that's that's what they need to do. They need him to, to just trust the fact that he's going to stay healthy. And so as long as he's healthy, I think we see another big year from him, both running the football and out of the backfield. And I think it's going to be huge for Daniel Jones to lean on him. Like, if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm checking down the ball to him 80 times this year. <laughs> because he's going he's gonna to take some to the house. He's going to make plays. And I know that that's going to be protect me from throwing interceptions or – fumbles that I hold on to the ball too long. So I'm really looking forward to Daniel Jones, hopefully exploiting that weapon and Barkley being healthy. again. And he's back now, in fantasy. And, and fantasy, I'm all aboard. I think he's going to be a, a PPR monster. So um, third round Saquon, I'm probably reaching in the second round if I can get him. Okay. All right. Let's go to the odds and let's see, let's check out our Saquon uh, odds. He's at plus 1500 for comeback player of the year. Thought I'd note that in there. Uh, under six and a half wins is a plus 115 for the New York Giants. And then over 21 and a half passing touchdowns for Daniel Jones, that minus 120. AJ, what's your locked and loaded bet for the New York Giants? Mm, yeah, so uh, the only one I can believe in, <laughs> the only one I can believe in is the Saquon. Uh, I mean, I want to give Brian Dable some respect you know, and say they could get to seven because of Dable. But, like, I don't know that I trust it. So, you want to give me a lock on those odds? I do also believe that Saquon's going to have a great year. Um, hopefully, he'll be able to play 16 games for the first time since his rookie year, and then uh, that will help towards that. So, uh, let me lock in Saquon and be happy with that. <laughs> Aaron? Um, I'm not taking Saquon there. I think there's too many guys two at prominent positions that can win it. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Tristan McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Baker Mayfield. 
Um, I think those guys probably, especially the Deshaun Watson, maybe, especially the quarterbacks. Um, I worry about that, but I, I will say I will take the under. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go the over Daniel Jones passing touchdowns. I'm just going to just because he's. Uh, I don't think he's probably going to make it, but I, I just want to. Yeah. I want to. I want. I want to have a vote, man. I want to have to match what he's done that, in the last two well, years. Remember the other day, I said the same thing. Like I'm rooting for Daniel Jones. I'm starting to yeah. like get a little softball. Like man, I feel so bad because first of all, he should have never been the number six overall pick, and so Dwayne Haskins should have been drafted either. But who cares? Like Daniel Jones was put into a situation that he wasn't ready to be in, and it was not a great team to be a part of. And it's just gone downhill. So the situation was bad. So I just root for him to get better and have an opportunity. And I don't think once he leaves the Giants, he really gets another job to start. Like, I don't think teams going to be like, oh, yeah, let's go get Daniel Jones to, to try it this year. Like the Baker Mayfields or the Sam Darnolds have gotten opportunities. I think he slides more of into, hey, you're a career backup now for the rest of, you know, into infinity. Man, man what a guy. Poor Daniel Jones. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, what a guy! I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna add, Aaron. I'm gonna do what you said. I'd like to do and add in a prop bet here and see if just see if you guys are entertained by it. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau plus five fifty for rookie of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year. No, nope. No one cares. No one cares. Uh, over under seven and a half sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau. I wouldn't bet it. Under. Under. Okay. I would definitely take under. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to see where we're going with that. Just wanted to see where we're going. AJ, the schedule for the New York Giants. What is the defining part of the schedule for the New York football Giants? Well, uh, mm, I mean, to me, it's just their their division. That's all you can really control. And even that is going to be difficult for you because the only person, the only team I think you're on the same level with is the Washington Commanders. I don't think you have a good shot at Dallas. I don't think you have a good shot at Philadelphia this year. You might sneak one in because it's a divisional game. But other than that, uh, I think it's just you trying to get the better of Washington and not be last in your division. To me, Brian Dable has a project under his under his uh, arms, and it's all about stepping stones to get better moving forward and building the block. So and I don't want to call it a rebuild, but, like, this is not a team that I have a lot of faith in uh, this season for a multitude of reasons. So they'd have to be one of those uh, – feel good inspiration to look where they came from type teams for me to look at, look at that differently. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. That kind of, that kind Tyrod of Taylor plays this whole season changes for the New York Giants. I'm dead Fair serious. Point. Tyrod Taylor plays. If they bench Daniel Jones week three, I'll bring up that schedule one more time. Lose the Tennessee, lose the Carolina, lose the Dallas. Brian Dable says we've had enough. They bring in Tyrod Taylor. The Giants will have a shot at the playoffs. They have a lot of easy games on that schedule. Easier games. Chicago, Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit. We mentioned Washington twice. And then I think they can beat Philly or somebody or the Vikings or the Colts one time. I think that they have a shot at the play. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs because they would have started 0-3 already. But could they rattle off and get seven wins, eight wins? And I do believe so. I think they're down, the Giants are more talented than – we talk about i really do so let, let's let's do this new game here we're gonna do for the first time we're gonna do two record predictions uh per person mm-hmm. one w- with tyrod taylor and one with daniel jones give me a record prediction for tyrod taylor and give me a record prediction for daniel jones aaron i know you got your I, handy dandy notebook right there i 
<laughs> I thought you all fell out your damn seat. <laughs> so I have six and 11 with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Now go yeah. to AJ with Daniel Jones and come back to me so I can think. I, 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 would go, I would go five and 12 with Daniel Jones. And while he's still looking, I will go ahead and put in a nine and eight with Tyrod Taylor. Nine and eight. I just counted nine and eight. Nine and eight with Tyrod Taylor. Okay. All right. I got five and 12 with Daniel Jones. And <laughs> let's just break it down with Tyrod. Tennessee, that's a loss or a win? Nope. With Tyrod. I got, I got win. I have win, win, loss, win. I have three and one starting. Okay. I also have him beating Jacksonville. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Why I you got to bring that him, one up? I also have him beating Seattle, Houston, mm-hmm. and Detroit. Those are some of the games I had him losing with Daniel Jones for sure. <laughs> yeah. How many wins yeah. do I have, Matt? How many is that? Uh, that's, that was I have them six, seven, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 So, yeah, yeah. Seven. And then I have them splitting with Philly and splitting with Washington in the division. Tyrod um, Taylor is that good of a quarterback in the NFL. He can win games. Yeah. He's, he's getting forget, unlucky. People forget he just that he took get Buffalo stabbed in the, in the lung. If he, if he doesn't get stabbed in the lung in, a, in, in Los Angeles, we'll be talking about a different Tyrod. It, it's so funny to me how fast people move off, but like coaches move off of Tyrod. Like, I even think about Baker, and I get it. They drafted him early. Like, I mean, he got a hamstring. They were like, yeah, Baker's the guy now. You know, well, they benched him in Buffalo for Nathan freaking Peterman. That was the one because the <laughs> yeah. Buffalo, like, think about how that played out, though. It, it actually ends up playing out good because you get Josh yeah. Allen. But, yeah. That's the one because everywhere else, Cleveland, I get it. The Chargers, right. I get it because they drafted young quarterbacks early to be the guy. They didn't do that in Buffalo. Like, well, I, I don't was the guy. He took them to yeah. the playoffs and yeah. they just let him go. Like that was. I, I, I see. I don't blame. I don't blame the Chargers at all, except for the whole stabbing part of it. In in Cleveland, I was only angry because I firmly believe that Baker <laughs> needed more time. And though he had a fantastic rookie season, I mean that type of season is why you just can't do that he is where he is now. You know, you can't do I, that I anymore can't. in the NFL. If you're in the number one overall pick, you're starting day one. Yeah, as a quarterback, you just can't. Should shouldn't have shouldn't have pussyfooted around it then. Should have just had him be the guy starting and Tyrod there to back up. Not let's put Tyrod in because Baker's not ready. Oh, all of a sudden. He's hurt in game in week one or week two. Oh well, we were wrong. Baker is ready. Look how good he is. He took us to a win when Tyrod was down in the set. Like, like just, just you drafted him first. Live up to it. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is if you go back to if you bench Baker Mayfield right there, right there, that fan base is all over you. They he after coming back and winning the game and all that energy and you drafted him number one. You go next game and no, bench him and don't have let him start t- from the beginning. I'm saying have him start from the beginning. I think I think that was a respect thing from because they I don't know that they anticipated Baker maybe even being ready at that point, but I, I think it was more of a respect thing to Tyrod Taylor. And, and let's be honest, Tyrod Taylor has handled this really well. The way he's yeah. he stayed in the league a long time, he's done a good job, but uh, he's definitely better than Daniel Jones. I don't think there's a doubt. Yeah, yeah. There, so just just protect yourself, Tyrod. Don't be getting stabbed in the lung before week one. Protect yourself. <laughs> Email, buddy. <laughs> Aaron, where do the Giants fall on our preseason power rankings? Um, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're 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 not going to get up there because uh, we all anticipate Daniel Jones still 
still kind of being the quarterback. They're number 24. And as sad as this is, Daniel Jones, Jones is probably worse than that as a quarterback. But we put them at 24 because I, I think that's a, a sign of what we do feel like their roster has. Yeah. Um, they're how their roster is constructed, but they're quarterback away. And uh, unfortunately, probably won't see that quarterback this year if Daniel Jones plays the entire year. So 24 for the New York Giants on our preseason NFL power rankings. There you have it. The Giants, the Titans, headlines, injury report, Thursday night football preview, all that in one show, one great, fantastic show, one great, fantastic Episode 69 of the Sac City Podcast. That's 69. <laughs> we'll be back again live tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern covering who? Oh, man. You caught me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, some football teams. They're probably yeah. in the Canadian yeah. Football it's, League. Hopefully, hopefully it's better than the Titans and the Giants. All right. So we have coming up tomorrow, <laughs> the Colts <laughs> and the Texans. Okay. Mm. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. That's interesting. You're starting to, to fall in love with the Texans. We know. I am. I am starting to really enjoy. That's the why Texans. I know they're not going to win any games because you're <laughs> a Jags fan. So the whole the whole AFC South just bleh. except for the Colts. Except for the Colts because they have Matt Ryan now, and it's it's and and Shaquille Leonard. Boo this man. I'm not calling him Darius Leonard, and I'm calling him Darius Leonard, and I don't care. Until they, they give me some media credentials and pay me, I'm going to say <sighs> Darius. Darius Doink wow. will live on forever. Until then, though, we're going to cover the Colts and the uh, Texans tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here the Sac City Podcast, right here on YouTube for Stretchy Face McGee over there and for your boy A.J. Johnson. I am me. We will see you Tomorrow, he's out. Holla. That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm, nom, 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 nom. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you could share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city. So don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City. Population. One more. <laughs>